The work week is finally over. Time to lay back, relax, and settle in. Because it's Fretzelmania Friday, and you are listening to the Fretzelmania podcast right here on WrestleAddict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. It has been 112 days, as of this recording, that I have said a lick of anything in the world of professional wrestling. As most of you may know, of course, this is a Patreon exclusive, just so y'all guys know. I have been keeping up with everything that's going on, as much as possible. With professional wrestling. And I'll be talking about a lot of stuff very, very soon when I get back into the swing of things with the YLP podcast. But this is a freebie for all my patrons out there. I will eventually uh, bring this out to the public, but I just wanted to get a little something off my chest. And. <sighs> what a November! What a November. Not a November to remember for the 27 people that have been released in the WWE. Nor the 71 that, altogether that have been released so far in 2021. And um, I, for one, am just, at this point, feel a bit numb. John Morrison, Top Dollar, Ashante Adonis, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, Jackson Riker, Keith Lee, Nia Jax, Karrion Cross, Grand Mentalik, Lindsay Dorado, Eva Marie, B Fab, Harry Smith, Scarlett Bordeaux, Oni Lurkin, Frankie Monet, Ember Moon, Mia Yim, Trey Baxter, Jesse Kamea, Jeet Rama, Zeta Ramir, and Katrina Cortez have all been released from the WWE in a span of two weeks. Budget cuts, they said. For every single one of them. The reason as to why they let them go was budget cuts. I still can't believe for the life of me that WWE even pulls that bullshit lie out of their ass. When they have been their most profitable... In recent memory. If I remember correctly, I was listening to Solo Monster the, uh, about a week or so ago. WWE made 256 
million dollars. Million or billion, I can't figure out which. In Q3, third quarter of this year. I believe, I, more than, I'm leaning towards a million, but correct me if I'm wrong. 256 million in the third quarter of this year. But we're releasing talent and claiming budget cuts. Okay. I don't believe that for one second and neither should you. When NXT 2.0 became the thing, the writing was on the wall. For a lot of talent. NXT 2.0 is now being looked at as going back to the developmental. Young talent. You know, a revamp of the entire NXT brand. Didn't fool anybody. Or should I say it didn't fool most of us. Who knew what was, who kind of had an idea of what the real reason behind the fact NXT became NXT 2.0. All of this simply goes back to the fact that Triple H didn't win the Wednesday Night War. Didn't beat AEW. I keep telling y'all, and I've said it on numerous occasions on the podcast, that Vince McMahon is probably the pe President Petty. Probably the most pettiest man I have ever seen on full display on TV, in public, anywhere in the world. Not only that, but basically because of said loss in Wednesday Night War, it was decided that NXT was going to get a revamp. NXT 2.0. Reminds me of a goddamn Nickelodeon spot in the 90s. Now, for the talent that had been released, there are probably other reasons as to why. I heard Nia Jax got released because she didn't want to be vaccinated. And whether it is true or not is irrelevant. Now, Nia Jax got released, at least in my opinion, on the fact that she was kind of unsafe. And she had been unsafe for a, for a good bit of time. And people were calling for her head. But there are some names on this list now, recent, the more recent ones, that kind of just pissed me off. And that's where we'll start. Hit Row. Released. This one pissed me off a lot.
it pissed me off a lot. For the simple fact that they were called up way too fucking soon. Hit Row wasn't ready to be main roster ready. Swerve just got the North American Championship. When everything started swirling about Hit Row possibly coming up to the main roster. The second I heard that, I was just... I didn't think the writing was on the wall, but I didn't. I knew for a fact they weren't ready to go up to the main roster. They weren't. They had a budding rivalry with Legato Del Fantasma, which one I was personally hoping would be War Games. And all of a sudden, within a span of two weeks, they're gone. BFAB getting released on the 4th. The rest of them on the 18th. They had promise in NXT. Swerve had just gotten the championship. Beats Santos Escobar for the title. Carmelo Hayes then cashes in the contract he won in the breakout tournament. Defeats Swerve to become the new North American champion. Hit Row then gets drafted to SmackDown. Not soon after. BFAB gets released first. And then two weeks later, Hit Row is no more in WWE. They had promise. Such promise. But all of this is literally Vince McMahon trying to rid the company of Triple H's era of NXT. Younger, quote-unquote, edgier, going down to a TV-14 rating. Not too exciting when your toxic attraction is your top, you know, female stable. In a slow, declining division, may I add. Because there's going to be a point where Shirai and Gonzalez will be called up, so will Dakota Kai. And then what do you got? Toxic Attraction, Indy Hartwell, Zoe Stark, Casey Cananzaro, Caden, Caden Carter. Almost forgot her last name. But. That's almost as about. You know, as confusing as why we're putting Cora Jade in war games. That's a whole different story for another day, and I got time for that. The two that I'm most 
confused by. Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. Like, I look at the 27 people that have been released from the WWE. And I see so much potential of what could have been. But the two big ones for me were Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. When I found out they were released, I literally just shook my head. For the simple fact that you had two surefire, ready-made, future world champions. Right in front of you. Ready made. Ready to jump from NXT to the main fucking roster. And somehow. Somehow. Some fucking way. You fumbled. On two future world champions. Men you could build a brand around. But instead of embracing what Triple H was actually giving you ready-made talent. Brought to the main roster. You just have to continue the story. Your creative booking was shit. Garbage. Asinine. On everything I love. It was an intro. It was a straight up atrocity. You made Keith Lee Bearcat. Bearcat Keith Lee. Sounds like a sounds like a heel over in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, if you uh, if I say so myself. I understand, you know, trying to recreate a little, a little bit of a legacy there, you know. But come on, dude, come on, really WWE? This is this is what we're gonna do. You changed you changed the music. Regardless of, you know, whether Keith Lee made the decision to change it or not. Have him wearing a singlet. Pretty much taking away everything that was Keith Lee at NXT. You'd stripped it. And created something different. Then on top of that, you didn't know how to book the motherfucker. Then, of course, COVID. How the hell do you fumble booking on a man who literally had two significant moments in the late part of 2020 and the beginning of 2021? His moment with Roman and his moment with Brock. And still somehow, some way, you fuck it up. How? Keith Lee had world champion at like there's not many, of course there's not many people I would say has world champion potential, but Keith Lee had world championship potential. Flip side carrying cross. Beast in NXT. Ready made beast. Went undefeated. In NXT, became NXT champion against Keith Lee. Blew a shoulder out, shoulder out, 
Injured, gone for a while. Finn Balor takes championship. Karrion Cross comes back for stand and deliver. Beats Finn to become the champion again. Two-time NXT champion. Loses it at TakeOver 36 against Samoa Joe. Goes up to the main roster. Keep it together, Zach. Keep it together. Gets somewhat of a vignette package for Monday Night Raw. And upon his main roster debut, loses in less than two minutes to Jeff Hardy putting his feet on the ropes. Didn't even have Scarlet. Didn't have the smoke. Didn't have the black and white filter. Well, not really. Didn't need the black and white filter. Didn't have anything that felt like Karrion Cross. And when we found out on main event that he didn't have Scarlet there, didn't have everything that made Karrion Cross Karrion Cross. Had him losing his main roster debut. It is embarrassing to see a man I know that has, basically has everything that Vince McMahon would want in a future world champion and strip him of everything that he was. How do you not see money, big time draw, and carrying cross? How? Just how? How do you how do you fumble that ball? How do you fuck that up? This man could have been a top heel in on Monday Night Raw. Without question. You had him wearing, you know, looking like Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You had him wearing this gear, making him look like a Spartan and all this nonsense. Not even a couple months later, gone. Scarlet, gone. And one night they did carrying cross dirty, and two months after that, they let him go. Even looking at the uh, the female talent. Tegan Knox. I understand she had injuries, both her knees. You know. One of my favorites in NXT's women's division that, unfor that just unfortunately caught the injury bug. Hell of a talent, though. Nixon Newell will be fine. She will land somewhere. But, unfortunately, injury bug caught her. That's how that worked. It was I don't think it was much of anything else. It was literally just injuries and all that stuff. It happens. It sucks, but it happens. 
Frankie Monet. Ember Moon, Mia Yim. <sighs> Frankie Monet could have been a big deal. And me personally, I understand why you wanted to put her in NXT. But I, if I were booking it personally, I would have never even brought her up to NXT, brought her to NXT at all. I would have brought her straight to Monday Night Raw. Easily. Who's her husband? Oh, the man you just released the other, you know, on the 18th, John Morrison. Create a power couple. Would have given Morrison some shine and actually would have put Frankie Monet on the nap. Frankie Monet is, you know, a well-known name outside of WWE. She was well-known way before she became part of WWE. Let's not get that twisted. But Frankie Monet had credentials. Former Knockouts champion. You know, became a big deal. Had some great matches over an impact. Goes over to WWE. I thought she was going to be a, a ready-made star. I, I'd said, figure it out, you know, oh, shit. I wouldn't have kept her long in there, maybe, what, six to nine months at best? Brought up to the main roster immediately and then paired her with, paired her, with her husband. You know how many times I saw posts on Twitter of people saying, why didn't you just bring Frankie up to the main roster and have her work with John Morrison? Because they did that in Impact. He also did that in Lucha Underground for all my Lucha Underground squadron out there. Uh, this, this is literally showing you, regardless of, you know, everything WWE does decently at, WWE also fails miserably in a lot of other sections of their company. Most importantly, creative. Now, you had a thing going with Monet and Kamea and uh, Robert Stone. And I like that. I like, I like the whole dynamic of it. You know, Frankie Monet taking Jesse under her wing. It looked as if they were going to try to oust Robert at some point, which would have been effing hilarious because it's Robert Stone stuff. And I... And I geek out over, you know, managers like Robert Stone. For some reason. Don't ask me why. I just enjoy it. He's he's annoying enough that he's still funny. I like that. And honestly, that was a missed opportunity as well. I mean, honestly, looking at the the main names, of course. And I'll get back to Hit Row in just a minute. After talking about the ladies, of course. Um, Frankie Monet definitely should have been on main roster with Johnny Drip Drip. Ember Moon was one I was surprised by. And that one was I was surprised by, if we're being honest. Ember Moon was the one of the ones when it, the, the initial ones for the beginning of the month. I was shocked by Ember Moon could have been a major player, you know, when, you know, former NXT women's champion went, got called up, didn't really do much. Unfortunately, um, 
on main roster. Went back down to NXT, killed it with her and Shotzi Blackheart. And then I believe she did get injured. But then she gone. She gone. Mia Yim. Oh, man. Missed opportunity, too, in my opinion, on Mia Yim. If anything, out of all the names on this list, I think Mia Yim suffered the worst. Let's be real about it. Let's be absolutely 100% real on this shit. Mia Yim didn't have, of course, you know, she put on some bangers in NXT. Don't get it twisted. You know, didn't get the championship, unfortunately. Shayna Baszler run. But she could put on a damn good match. And when they brought her up to the main roster, I was just like, ooh. Mia Yim about to make, it was like, I think it was her Tony and Tony Storm when they got the uh, call up to for main roster. And I'm thinking, yo, Mia Yim and Tony Storm about to handle business in this division. They about to really make it a threat. Because you already have what? Sasha? You had Bailey. This is pre-draft, mind you. You had Sasha, you had Bailey, Bianca, Tony Storm, and Mia Yim coming in? Mmm. That made that, for me, must-see TV for the SmackDown Women's Division. Then all of a sudden, retribution happened. Retribution happened. I didn't even care so much for what her name, Retribution so much, I don't even remember what her name was, nor do I care to remember. That was such disrespectful booking, not only for Mia Yim, but for also Mercedes Martinez, Dominic Dajakovic, Dio Madden, even though he ain't, he ain't really been doing much, but yeah, Dio Madden got fucked over. And then Mustafa Ali. Oh, man. Retribution was the, upon their arrival on, on main roster, when they finally revealed themselves as to who they are, I already knew it was dead on arrival. It did nothing for all parties involved. It ruined Mercedes Martinez in WWE. It ruined... Mia Yim and Dominic Dajakovic and Dio Madden and Mustafa Ali, but he's starting to make, starting to do some comeback things. I've seen his stuff on Twitter. Book this man, please. Mia Yim could have been an integral part of SmackDown. Just literally looking at this whole thing. I mean, Drake Maverick gets released again. Zaxxon Riker, everybody was waiting for him to get gone because of everything that happened with him on the Twitter sphere. 
Eva Marie, I didn't care. Just want to let y'all know I didn't care about that. Harry Smith, I was surprised by, but because he, he was just back getting back at the performance center. But okay, Oni Lorcan pissed me off. That one hurt a little. That one hurt a good amount. Oni Oni still rules, but now Biff rules. But going back to Hit Row for a little bit. The reason I am more pissed off at the fact that Hit, Lo Hit Row got released was the is more so for Swerve Scott. And, you know, I, I saw the news, you know, Top Dollar had backstage heat, you know, and it kind of pretty much like trickled down to Adonis and Swerve. That's the case. Top Dollar fucked it up for them and more so himself. If that's the case. But it's more so Swerve. Swerve was the front man. The only reason they wanted to make Top Dollar a single star was because of the fact that he was a big dude. Which, me personally, bad idea. Top Dollar wasn't ready for that. Top Dollar wasn't ready for single stardom. Yeah, it'd be fun every once in a while to see him in a singles match, you know. Still part of the faction, but still doing singles matchups every once in a while. Never hurts. Especially if you got a few going with, you know, Swerve and someone else. Hey, why not? Ashanti Adonis, of course, I don't think he was ready to be called up either. Still a bit green upon his call-up. They weren't ready. A majority of the talent that, you know, are on this list, besides, you know, Nia Jax and Morrison and all that, Names the, the names is just like, okay, you know, they've been here for a minute and they just got released because of reasons. But looking at the younger names, like a top dollar, like a Shanti Adonis, like a Keith, like Keith Lee, I'm calling them young, they're probably older than me. Um, a Karrion Cross, like names like that, you know, had all the potential in the world upon their call up to be fantastic. Swerve should have been the singles guy. You know, B-Fab, I think, was still, even me personally, was still kind of green. They have the talent. They just needed more seasoning in NXT. Unfortunately, Vince McMahon, and all his pettiness and wisdom, emphasis on pettiness, decided, yeah, we're just going to revamp that. You know, screw you guys. We want to go younger. What was it, like 25 for the men, 23 for the ladies? You know, big dudes bringing back the old 80 shtick for Vince McMahon, which is fucking atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me that, above, you know, with this list, you had missed opportunities? Fumbles, creative failure, pettiness, and wanting to screw over Triple H just a couple more times before NXT fully goes, uh, what Vince wants. Because, yeah, we still got the Champas, still got the Garganos, Dexter Loomis's, Candice LeRae, of course, is pregnant, so I don't know what they're going to do with her. But we still have 
Triple H era guys still in NXT. I mean, Champa, of course, making sense. NXT champion right now. You really can't release your NXT champion, but I'm, I have a weird, strange feeling that once his reign is over, don't be surprised if Champa gets the boot too. And Gargano, because they want to go younger. Vince doesn't want Triple H's guard in NXT any longer. And unfortunately, because of that reason, Hit Row got the boot badly. That's what pisses me off. And a lot of people I saw on social media were pissed about the fact that Hit Row got the boot that way. Got drafted, what was it, second, third round? Second, was it? I think it was second round. And called them up in the draft. Only to release them not soon after. It's shocking to me. That Isaiah Swerve Scott never got his true chance to be on the main roster. And possibly go for mid-card gold. Possibly feuding with the likes of Apollo Crews, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Rick Boogs. Um, hell, you could have had a feud with Shinsuke Nakamura, Rick Boogs, Rick Boogs, and um, Tom, and uh, freaking Hit Row. That would have been a great feud. Adding a third person to come in, have a six-man tag, something of that nature. You know, possibly leading to a Scott Nakamura match somewhere down the line. I think that would have been quite nice. Apollo Crews and well, no, they actually moved over to Raw, so that kind of sucks. Um, what the hell do they have over there in SmackDown? See, this this is what happens when you're gone for 112 days. You just for, you forget rosters and whatnot. Yeah, I've been gone, but I don't even know who the hell you could feud with. All the ones I like are in a row, which kind of sucks. I don't even know who he could he feud with. I'm gonna look it up right now. Do do do. Roster after the draft. Thank you, SmackDown ho- the SmackDown Hotel for providing that. I need a filter. All right, SmackDown. There we go. Okie dokie. So, Scott could have feuded with the likes of Cesaro. Jeff Hardy. I think that would have been a fun feud. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Mustafa Ali. That would have been a nice little little feud there. I would have much enjoyed that. Ricochet. These two have faced each other before. That would have been fun to watch. Rich Holland just went over there. I, I don't know. That, that might be a top dollar Rich Holland thing. That would have been great. Let me see who else. Shinsuke. Sheamus. Sir Kofi and King Woods. I mean, Drew Gulak. Something. And you fuck that up because all you wanted was a victory in the ratings against AEW and then when you got beat you flipped the blame on Triple H which you never deserved you never deserve any of it this I mean at the end of the, at the end of all of this I don't know what Vince McMahon is trying to do I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I've only, I've only literally watched one episode of NXT 
And it was the first episode of NXT 2.0. And I knew from jump, from the beginning, that this was all a Vince McMahon project. Bringing back the developmental feel. Developing the big boys like Braun Breaker and Von Wagner. and Wait, no wait, Von Wagner's on SmackDown. Which he ain't ready for, and we all know that. He'll be gone in six months. You know. I'm surprised Imperium's not gone yet. I'm surprised I'm surprised that Fabian Eichner and uh Marcel Bartel are not gone yet. MSK will stay there. Timothy Thatcher, I think he'll probably get released somewhere down the line. But in all, 27 people in the month of November released. Frankie Monet, mad as hell. Drake Maverick, I'm sure, is pissed the hell off. Shane Thorne, that just means TMDK comes back. And given the fact that Jonah just went over to New Japan, don't be surprised if Shane Thorne and Mikey Nichols get back together and we get TMDK with Jonah. It'll happen. But when you look at it, landscape-wise, right? Most of them will do most of them will be just fine. Most of them will be just fine. I mean, looking back at the ones before, back in August, you know, Adam Cole doing perfectly great, just competed at full gear. Bobby Fish now in AEW working with the super click. He's doing pretty much fine. Uh, let me see. Jake Atlas just had his first matches back. He's doing pretty good. Mercedes Martinez is going to be competing for the Knockouts Championship against Mickey James. That's pretty much fine. Kona Reeves, we don't care. Um, <laughs> but seriously. Seriously. There's so like so much talent now leaving WWE and going to other places. Granted, yes, I am completely pissed at a, the most for the most part that WWE failed to just book these talent properly or decided to go the petty route and just release talent that was part of Triple H's era in NXT. Look at the landscape of wrestling as we see it right now. Look at the landscape as we see it at this very moment. AEW just had, in my honest opinion, card of the year. With two matches on the card that Dave Meltzer gave a five and a half star matchup to Omega and Page and gave five stars to the six man um, street fight between the Young Bucks and Adam Cole against Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. MLW, you've got New Japan in LA and across the pond in Japan. Impact, they're getting there. Ring of Honor, that's a whole different story for another day, but I hope they come back. That's a whole different, that's a whole different uh, animal I don't want to touch just yet. But there's a lot of companies out there 
AEW is now leading charge. I hate to say it, WWE is not number one anymore. They're number two. It's AEW's world. <laughs> well, actually, let me rephrase that. There is a better world outside of WWE. There is. AEW's leading the forefront of that. You've got Impact. You've got NLW. You've got, you know, independent companies. You've got New Japan. you got all these talent leaving WWE. And now about to go, they're about to go elsewhere. I mean, hell, Brian Danielson's in AEW. Adam Cole is in AEW. And they're better off because of it. Brian Danielson just had a banger against Miro. Adam Cole just had a five-star match on, on the same card. Frankie Monet will be just fine. John Morrison will be just fine. Hit Row. I'll, I'll honestly say, are going to be just fine, especially Isaiah Swerve Scott. Karrion Cross is going to be just fine. Just found out he'll be having his first match back against Flip Gordon on February 5th. And I'm guaranteeing you that Scarlet will be there. Keith Lee and Mia Yim will be just fine. They'll be just fine. You know, they'll be okay. Drake Maverick, I think, will be just fine. Tegan Knox, when she gets her injury taken care of, I think she'll be perfectly fine. Biff Busick will be just fine. There's a lot of talent on this list that will be perfectly okay and can go anywhere they want to. And I'm sure these companies will be throwing oodles of money and they'll be securing the bag. They'll be just fine. Who will not be fine... Is WWE. I've seen memes on Twitter, you know, at this point, 2K22 minus will not even happen given the fact that their roster is starting to get depleted. I mean, <sighs> WWE, I think, is in big trouble. In very, very big trouble. A lot of people are not really taking, from what I've seen social media wise, are not taking to NXT. A lot of people are saying I'm not watching NXT anymore. You know, I don't watch Raw as it is, and it's been a been a little while since I've watched SmackDown. It's not to say I haven't. I just chose not to. It's just that you know I have been moving, and I went to do a cross country trip with Miss YLP herself and Mr. YLP Junior, the the dog Milo. But I've been keeping up as best as I can. But when I saw these releases. Yesterday, I was just not beside myself, but just really upset at the fact that I feel pity for Vince McMahon. I really do. I have, you know, I have a tiny sliver of sympathy for Vince McMahon. I have all the sympathy in the world for Triple H to have what you created. Like pretty much like what a decade ago, NXT began, and then 2014 it really became a thing. Bringing in all this talent, building a third brand that could be looked at as a brand, and brought it to prominence, and brought it up to what I considered 
still uh, before NXT 2.0 happened, the best brand in all of WWE. Classic takeovers, classic matches from takeovers, classic storylines, long-term booking. Everything I could ever want, I got in NXT. And when AEW came out, I got the best of both worlds. And WWE pretty much was just the third. It was, a, it, was the, it was literally the third wheel. Well, technically the fourth wheel. That's neither, that's neither here nor there. You get the point. Triple H got screwed. I feel terrible for Triple H, for Shawn Michaels, for Road Dog, for the entire team of NXT before Vince McMahon decided, well, since you guys didn't beat AEW in the ratings, well, you're fucked. It's not how this works, man. If anything, AEW and NXT brought out the best in each other since they were on the same time, same block during every single week. You had to bring your best. That's what professional wrestling is to me. Bringing out the best in each other regardless of what company is there. This, honestly, could have allowed Vince McMahon and Triple H to really come together and think, what can we do to try to make sure we bettered AEW? We have the best possible product. Didn't happen. Triple H did that because he pretty much didn't have a choice. It was either beat AEW or I don't know what the consequences are going to be. And Triple H did everything he could. Putting on masterful shows. There was hardly a show that I watched of NXTs and AEWs for that matter that were shit. Yeah, there were some episodes that didn't hit the mark every single week and that's to be expected. But still, they brought out the best in each other. And instead of Vince McMahon understanding that, hey, maybe AEW's got a solid product and understanding that maybe I just need to make, uh, I should actually take from Triple H, take a page out of his book and do the same. Which would then help elevate the rosters and your booking talent that people want to see. But instead, we became we went to the petty side. Decided to ruin what I think was one of the was at least in my lifetime the best eras of WWE. Sure, it wasn't our golden era. It wasn't the Attitude Era. It didn't need to be. Triple H made sure of that. But he made sure every single week you watched, something was going down. All I want now from here on out is these people, these men and women to go out there and kill it. Once their Nuckleby Clause is up, kill it. Show WWE wh- why, you know, why they screwed up. Because I know there's a lot of talent out there that have been released from WWE this year that are absolutely killing it. Guys like Adam Cole, guys like Brian Danielson, you know, Ruby Soho. Talent like that, they'll be fine. For the rest of them, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, with Drake Maverick. I don't know what's going to happen with Zeta Ramirez. I don't know what's going to happen with Jeet Rama. I don't know. What I do know is that. Well, hello, Milo. Nice of you to join us towards the tail end. Ladies and gentlemen, I know he probably won't understand what's going on but i he have here right now mr milo aka mr ylp jr himself and he has decided to join me on this ending of this 
top secret episode because I really haven't told anybody yet. Um, and then he'll just go. <laughs> but I will be back very soon. I just wanted to get this out there for you guys just to give you an idea of where my head was at with these releases. And it's good to actually get back on the swing of things and good to actually, you know, talk things out. Because sometimes you just need to get it on wax and let it be known. As per usual, make sure you head over to young Young-Lions-Perspective.Creator-SpringRunner.com if you want to get you some YLP merch. It's still up there. I got it. It ain't, it ain't gone nowhere. Might be getting some things for Miss YLP for Christmas. Shh, don't tell her. You can find me on Twitter at YLPerspective. Over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. Find me on Facebook. Search Young Lions Perspective Podcast over there. It's been a while. I missed you guys. I know y'all have missed me too. And I will be back very, very soon. Until then, this is goodbye. See ya! This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.